What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. March has arrived. We are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting on March 15th. That's right. I said $100,000 in March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action. And with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, BetOnline is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code, BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yo, what's good? It's your boy Ant Wright here, host of Michigan State of Mind. Thank you guys for listening in. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, there, uh, there was a game. There was a game, unfortunately, for Michigan. Uh, they lose to Ohio State uh, in Columbus. They've beaten them one time. That was back in 2014. They've beaten them one time in the last like 18 years, I want to say. So. Was I shocked that they lost? Not really. Um, the way they lost, kind of. I I thought that they were past. You know, I thought that they would have learned from the Wisconsin game on who you can play and who you cannot play uh, when you're going up against a pick and pop concept. And uh, Ohio State pretty much ex- like you know Wisconsin exposed them. But Michigan didn't change much. Like the way that David was coming off screens, the way that they still had Custard in and Teske in guarding these pick and pop guys, whether it was how they were contesting or how they were just their mythology on, on how they were they were guarding. Custard loved what he's done, but man, um he he got exposed pretty bad in back to back games. And you could see how Ohio State just pick and popped him whenever he was in the game. Uh, he has a really bad habit when there's that when there's that screen. He goes to help the ball handler, but on the pass, he he has a bad habit of always taking a step back and not taking a step forward when there's a pop. He has to be able to like change his footwork up based off of off of what that 
what his man does, whether he rolls, mid-rolls, or just does a straight pop. Whenever he straight pops, he's got to hightail it and be able to close out in control, then be able to shuffle three to four feet either way. If you can't do that, um, you you can't you can't be in the game, especially late. You know, Teske's in foul trouble. Going with Custard there in the last four or five minutes in a two or three possession game where you need stops, um, you can kind of tell Ohio State kind of like licked their lips at that. And um, they're going to have to adjust to it. And it sucks being exposed like that this late. That's the negative. The positive is that you can now make changes that not a lot of teams can prepare for. You know, there was there was a five game stretch where Michigan did play well, and what happens now is that you have things on film, and they take those negative things and they blow it up, and they make you have to guard your weaknesses and have to play against your your uh, weak play against your weaknesses and not to your to your uh, strengths, and that's one of the the uh, main things that has been going on, especially in these last two games. And then you see the flip side on Michigan State. You know, mid, you know, Michigan State, they needed more consistent play from the four spot. So what Izzo did, he only has two guys playing the four now pretty much. That's Malik Hall and that's Arns. Two guys who can handle the ball, one, can make a shot, two, and very, very versatile on both ends. Um... Really nice job, you know, making that, making that switch, making that change. Uh, I need to see some of that from Michigan, especially in closing minutes. Um, if you're playing a pick and pop team, uh, you know, I need to see them make that next step. Play Johns at the five. You know, play him at the five. It's it's totally fine. Play him at the five against pick and pop teams. Wesson was is a little bit undersized. He's six eight. Maybe 6'9", he's a bit of a load, but at the same time, you know, he wants to score with jumpers. Potter, Nate Rovers, or Reavers, however you pronounce his name, from Wisconsin. You know, they want to score, you know, using their quickness, their shooting ability, and their size to their advantage. Having someone like Johns, who is the perfect counter for all this, not utilizing him, um... Not utilizing him hurts. And there were spots in both games where you needed a stop and you didn't get it. And a lot of times it was because the pick and roll or pick and pop concept just destroyed us. Destroyed us. And um, if they don't solve that, it's going to be a very quick exit for, um, you know, for, you know, two seniors who have, a very, very nice resume so far. In terms of going to the Sweet 16 every single year that they've been at Michigan. Um, playing the Final Four. Playing the title game. Have won the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, guys who have done a lot for this for this program. Uh, they've got a couple weeks to really make a, make a big change here. Um, before the big tournament comes into, comes into play for sure. So after the game, I put in a tweet, you know, you know, what are we mad about? Like, that was my very first tweet afterwards. And, um, you know, there were some good ones in here. Uh, Umesh Jenks, at Umesh Jenks said, uh, 
You know, Livers looked like he was trying to show what he can't do, drive the ball and create on his own, passed up so many open threes, give a baseline drive on D at least five times, hopefully just a blip. Totally something to be upset about. That defense, though, um, kind of picked on him in the Wisconsin loss because some of those things were his issues. A lot of what happened to him against Ohio State, a part was his fault, but it was the big's fault a lot of times. A lot of miscommunication, man, um, and just not being where uh, Livers thought that the big would be is one. In terms of trying to do what he show, he's trying to. I'm with you there. He looked like he was trying to show what he can't do, and that's driving, that's creating. But really, Wisconsin and Ohio State did a really nice job of going back to the formula of you know, yes, stop Simpson, but don't let Simpson start creating. You know, Simpson scoring 20, 25 points and three assists is not even close as lethal to Simpson scoring 11 or 12 points, hitting you with 13 or 14 dimes. Um, that's when Simpson is at, at his most, most lethal, and that's when Michigan is a very good ball club. Because if he's hitting you with 12, 13 dimes, he's hitting shooters, he's hitting guys getting leverage, he's hitting guys for dunks, um, things that really get your get your team and ball club going. You haven't really seen either one uh, in the Wisconsin game or the Ohio, or the Ohio State game. So 100% something legit to be upset about. Another reason why I think he should come back next year is to work on those things. I said it on stream. Livers, Brandon Johns, play one-on-one all spring, all summer, all fall. Just play one-on-one. You don't get more than three dribbles. You check up at the 25-foot mark, and y'all play one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one until you have three or four combo moves where you can get to the rack, create, and get your own shot. I wouldn't say that if they didn't have the tools to do so. They most definitely do, and they will make next year's team ridiculous if they got that done. All right, now we have Mayan Dehan. Uh, why did Ohio State and Wisconsin all of a sudden shoot lights out for no reason against us? These are high major ball teams, high major ball clubs, high major schools with high major players. If you give these guys a, if you give these guys space and these guys are comfortable getting into the steps that they like, whether it's left right step going to your right or right left step going to your left or just stop and pop. If you give them shots that they're very comfortable with, they're going to make them more times than not. And that's what's been happening for Michigan. Michigan is allowing these guys to be comfortable behind the arc. Uh, Ohio State did have some lucky, lucky, lucky banks, but they also had some very comfortable shooters other times. Um, our perimeter defense has to be better. That's not, that's you know not just on bigs, not just on wings, not just on the guards, but that's on the whole team. And what people a lot of people aren't really talking about is that they're having a really big issue, especially especially not having a guard about six three to six six. Uh, who can serve as the off guard, having a much bigger defender, um, having a much bigger def- 
defender uh, is something that that you know Michigan has missed this year big time. All right, then we have Garbanzo at Garbanzo underscore. Um, he was saying how it's hard to remember last time when one of our shooters got hot and went on a streak rather than the opposing team. Those bursts are crucial. Uh, 100%, my guy. That is a great observation and uh, 100% correct. Now, a lot of that comes down to what the defense is doing with um, Xavier Simpson. You know, when Xavier is getting downhill and whenever you see him making these easy layups, and you're like, wow, that was easy. That's because nobody is leaving their man to contest the layup. Um, so it's so much harder for guys who can't create for themselves. It's so much harder for those guys to go off if they don't have the ball, if they're not be able to make shots, if they're not finishing in transition, if they're not finishing with, with you know, alley-oops or anything like that. Um, when those bursts happen, when you're being guarded the same exact way, when you're comfortable as well too. And it seems like Michigan is more reactive and not trying to make a change earlier before they get set and before they get comfortable. I think that's the biggest thing, man. Um, other teams have been messing with Michigan, changing up the way that, that uh, they're guarding Simpson. One minute they're one minute they're hounding him, then they're not helping. The next minute they all crash, but they always rotate over to where he seems to pass it more. Simpson loves to pass it to those to those uh, corners and top of the key. So a lot of times you see the opposite teams, if they do crash on them, they're covering those certain zones because that's where they, you know, they they know where he loves to pass it to. So it's not all on Michigan. A lot of it is because these other teams are changing the way that they're uh, guarding um, Xavier because he's the only one who can continuously create for himself. At times, David can. At times, Brooks can. But not like Simpson, where he can really create. Not like guys next year. Like, you know, like there's, you know, nobody like Josh Christopher is going to be there. Um, is, you know, on this team this year. Franz can at times, but usually he's doing it just to stay aggressive, to get a foul, to get to the, to the, uh, cup but someone who was creating for himself and others Simpson is really the only guy and when you only have one guy who can do that you know that that really can stifle an offense especially with the well coached defensive team uh wonder boy jay ritz 15 said people saying ohio state not just ohio uh, I don't like calling them Ohio because that was a Brady Hoke thing. Brady Hoke made that a, a thing again. And uh, I don't think that's a trend that uh, we should be trying to keep alive, honestly. That's why I've never said that. I've never said Ohio. It's always Ohio State. Lamar Atkins at Lamar Atkins 13. What are we looking for at seeding if we finish the season out 19 and 12, win one or two games in the Big Ten tourney? I think they're. I don't think they're going to be able to get a seed higher than six. Um, I think they're messing around with that like six, seven seed line for the most part. Um, 
the biggest thing is going to have like, it's like they have to get work done in their next three games legit. Because after that, the committee is only going to have limited spots because they're lazy. You know what I mean? When the Big Ten tournament is done, they have the selection show like right after that. So when that happens, you know they're not reworking everything based off someone making a huge run. They're pretty much saying, okay, if they win, they're going to be a five seed here. If they lose, they're going to be a seven seed here. That's just kind of how that goes. They don't put as much thought and time into it as much as people think. Um, they just rank teams like one through like 30 something. They go, okay, this is what's going to happen here. And then this conference is going to be in this seed. This conference is going to be in this seed talking about the one bid leagues. Then they're going to rank all the at large. Then they're going to put them in based off of where they are, where they're located, uh, which region they're in and all that fun stuff. So I think they're just going to hang around the six, seven seed line um, pretty much from now until the until the end. Losing to these teams back to back isn't a huge isn't a huge loss um, because they're both top twenty NET, so it's not huge. Um, at the same time, I do not think that they're going to be in seeds higher than Wisconsin and Ohio State, and I think those two teams are going to be around the five seed. And I don't think they're going to be put in the same seat as those guys um, due to going 0-3 against them. That's just how that goes. So I do see them being around 6, maybe even 7. Uh, still have a lot of work to go. You can't lose to Nebraska. you got to win that game. Um, and then you got to win a couple games in the uh, Big Ten tournament. But all around, 6-7 seed is where I think that they'll uh, end up. All right, we have Dad Eric Best. Do you feel Austin Davis's emergence has caused Teske to regress from a mental standpoint? Also, bone-in or boneless wings? Bone-in, 100%. Traditional bone-in with uh, ranch. Give it to me. Give me all of them. I do like barbecue boneless, but when it comes to mean bone-in, traditional, oven-roasted, all day, every day. I do not think that Teske has regressed from a mental standpoint because of Austin Davis. I think that he has regressed from a mental standpoint because Juwan Howard and staff just let Teske get destroyed all first half of the year by like Oturu and Garza and Trevion Williams and just let him just get destroyed. And I think that's had a lasting impact because he hears the BS. If we hear the BS, he hears it tenfold. And if he's watching film, you know, he sees these things and he knows, he knows that when he is in the game, teams are going to try to attack him on the block every single game. And that's got to hurt. From a mental standpoint, it's not Davis. No, it's not Davis. If anything, he likes the fact that there's another big out there who's going to give him some type of breather and give the other team a different look. But I think it's the fact that he just he was just pretty much destroyed game in and game out because we we totally just we totally just didn't. What's the word? We uh, we completely ignored the fact that we needed to change up post-defense, change up post-team defense, and we just said, you know what, he's just going to go one-on-one and do his thing, which, you know, it sucks. It sucks for him, but 
Um, I believe that's pretty much what happened with uh, Teske mentally. Tyler Glenn, T. Glenn, 15. Uh, why in the last two games have we been able to climb out, out of a hole, get even, then proceed to let opponent ex- expand back to 7-plus in a minute of game time? That is a really good question. What happens is when we come back, usually the other team calls a timeout. They make adjustments. It feels like Michigan just keeps on doing what it's doing, not adjusting to what the other team may adjust to. That goes back to the whole reactive thing. You know, Michigan needs to be more proactive in what they're you know doing. Make some make some gamble adjustments when the other team is on their heels. Um, sometimes doing too much of the same thing. Now they're used to it. Now they can adjust to it. Then you react, but it's too late because now they're plus five, plus six, plus seven in that short time frame where they've where they've adjusted and Michigan has not. Uh, Jordan Poolers asked, Livers comes back and Christopher comes, how good could this team be? They could be uh, scary good if they're on the same page chemistry-wise and if they have great, they they have really talented guys in role. What's so funny? What's so funny? I've I've had my son this entire pod. And uh, this is the first time that he's, like, made noises. He's been just chilling. Now he's laughing. I don't know why. You think that's funny? You think that's funny? But um, they could be scary good. If everyone's on the same page, nobody has a hidden agenda, they could be legit. And this is from somebody who doesn't talk about deep runs when it comes to you know, they say tournament because you need to see matchups and all that. They could very well be one of those teams where it doesn't matter who you're matched up with because you're going to be so good in so many different positions. You can win in so many different ways. It doesn't matter who you're going up against. I'm talking about like, you know, Villanova from a couple of years ago. Um, you know, some of those UNC teams from before, you know, one of those Duke teams, just, you know, teams that have talent, Teams that have chemistry, teams that have you know leadership, old and young, those are the teams who make it. Those are the teams who go to a Final Four and come out with a national title. That's going to be a scary good team. It all comes down to are they playing well at the right time. All right, we have Go Blue LBJ. Uh, what is wrong with Livers? What is wrong with Brandon? I think Livers, I think he's still hurting when it comes to his ankle. But if he's out there, you know, you expect him to play at 100%. I mean, there's no excuse. If you're out there, you know, you should be per- performing. If you're too hurt, you shouldn't be, be uh, playing. So if, if he's out there playing, I mean, you expect him to, to, you know, do well. What's wrong with Livers is what they're doing to Xavier Simpson, which I brought up before. Livers is not a creator of himself. Livers is someone who benefits off of what others do with the ball. Others penetrating, others hitting teams with combos, making the defense shift. There's That's where he's a benefit. Because teams have been locking up Simpson for the most part or forcing him to multiple shots, the more shots that, that Simpson shoots, the less shots that everybody else shoots. So it's not really his fault. It is, but it's not. 
Then when, when it comes to Brandon, because Livers is back healthy, Livers is now taking some of those minutes. But still, you have to find a way to get Brandon Johns on the court, whether that's putting pushing Wagner to the two more, or that's you know you know taking minutes from Teske and, and you know Custard. Brandon Johns needs minutes. He gives way too much to this team um, without getting playing time. Uh, he's too versatile, too too good of a player, man. I do have a round of breakdowns coming out on Twitter. Um, as you guys know, my Twitter is it's Ant Right. Uh, I do have a round of breakdowns coming out soon. If you have anyone who you want me to, to do breakdowns on, let me know. Um, let me know, and then I'll put it out there. And if there's, you know, if a lot of people do want that type of breakdown, I'll go ahead and uh, do that and get that done for you. Uh, as you guys know, SeatGeek uh, on SeatGeek. If you download SeatGeek, um, your first purchase, you get twenty dollars off with my code AntRight. So A N T W R I G H T. Put in my code AntRight, and you'll be able to get twenty dollars off of your purchase. Um, all of any concert, any purchase for a, a ticket you can from that site, concert, events, games, anything of that sort, promo code AntRight, A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, thank you for listening in. We'll talk to you soon.